Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this football Friday, April the 8th, 2022. It is 7.04 on your Tucson Friday, and welcome to Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Sorry about the confusion there a little bit uh, a, little, a few minutes ago. The um, in, in this digital age of of radio and we've been dealing with this for a long time probably uh, a lot longer than most listeners would have uh, would have recognized about the whole digital age and and uh, everything going on in the world of uh, of radio technology when you have when you have like national programming that is kind of intermixed with local programming it is very very important that the two sides are able to kind of complete the handshake so to speak and uh, today we got stiffed by uh, ESPN. They just uh, they walked right past us. They left us hanging this morning. So <laughs> poor Mary, back in the studio, has been scrambling to do everything that she could to get us uh, on the air here as quickly as possible to stop the freight train that was ESPN just trying to railroad right through my show. But uh, lo and behold, here we are. She got the job done. That's why she's the best in the business and why we pay her the big bucks. So uh, thank you, Mary, for that. And uh, we are here with you now, and we are going to be having a great two-hour show for you today. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of local stuff for you guys today because a lot of things going on on campus at the U of A, whether it be football, baseball. Um, I don't think I have any basketball news today, which is shocking. Usually there's there's basketball news all the time for Arizona uh, other than, you know, the, a, a recruit that Arizona didn't get that we weren't expected to get anyways uh, that ended up going to Duke, you, you know, not not a big deal there. Um, so we got a lot of local stuff to talk about today, uh, administrative stuff at, at, at uh, U of A that was important for this uh, for this athletic program to be moving forward. Uh, so we've got plenty of that to talk about today. Masters Day One in the books. Tiger shoots a seventy-one. Fourteen months after having the threat of his leg being amputated. Which is uh, remarkable. Uh, I have never, I, I haven't told my Tiger Woods story here on the Tucson Airwaves. It's an old, old story, and I, you know, it's something that I kind of share with friends, just because it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things. Like, okay, here's, this is the way I, I look at at how I broadcast to the masses. If it's, if it's no longer relevant, I try to keep it off the airwaves because the the things that I say on the air are going to be taken, you know, taken in, in many different ways by many different people. People hear different things. Uh, they jump into a conversation in the middle of it. I mean, things you can't control, things that are taken potentially out of context and whatnot. But even more importantly, it, it, it's important that I don't paint, you know, the, the entire picture with just one story. I have I mean, I should probably write a book someday with the amount of stories that I have because it's been – I've had an uncanny life. I mean, it's and it's not like I've been blessed or anything. It's just been – it's been strange. Like, I have met people in the weirdest places, uh, and when I say people, I mean people of fame. Uh, I have met them 
where it's just been very, very intimate situations, one-on-one, or, you know, just a few people around, and you get to kind of see people for how they really are. Uh, And I'm not talking about just in sports. I'm talking about in Hollywood. I mean, all over music. It's been been a weird life. I should probably write a book someday. Um, But... I had a run in with Tiger Woods and it was at an event. Uh it, it was it was you know, it was at it was at a golf event and he, he did not paint himself in a very favorable manner. And ever since then I have actively rooted against Tiger Woods, uh, because of, of the way that he acted on this particular day. And I thought it was completely unnecessary and ridiculous and immature. But that's exactly what it was. It was immature. This is something that happened twenty two years ago. And I don't believe that it's any longer relevant. So when I, you know, when I when I when I talk about Tiger Woods, understand that I'm not rooting for Tiger because I still, you know, I I still remember that. But I'm not going to paint that picture for you guys uh, because number one, regardless of you know whether your what, you, what your fandom of Tiger Woods is, it may or may not change your 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 mind or your views about Tiger. And I'm not here to do that. I'm here to report news and give some opinions and things like that. What Tiger is doing, regardless of my opinion of of the person he is or the person that he was, at least, uh, is irrelevant. What he's doing right now is <laughs> it's indicative of the miracle that he is. I mean, it really, you can't deny his talent. And even though I think it, in the end he'll go down in history with fewer accolades, at least fewer major wins than Jack Nicklaus. I, I, I don't – if you put the two on a golf course together, like, like I don't know enough about the sport of golf. I don't play golf. Uh, or I don't golf, I guess. There's no playing of golf. You don't, I don't golf. So it's difficult for me to grasp and say, oh, you could put those two on a course together because there's arguments to be made about the course itself and technology and all these other things. I, I still think that if the two were to meet head-to-head in their prime, I still think Tiger would probably get the better of Jack. Um, that's just the way – that's just the natural progression of humanity. I mean, we've we've gotten bigger, faster, stronger just in the last five years, let alone in the last five decades. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the that Jack Nicklaus's records are intact and they will stay that way. I don't see Tiger Woods winning a whole lot of majors. Otherwise, he's got like five more, six more to win in order to tie Jack, something like that. So I don't see that happening. But what he's doing right now or what he did yesterday, let, let's just put it that way. What he did yesterday at Augusta uh, is, is nothing short of remarkable. He, he's he shot a 71 one under when the you know when the pace was was five under set by Sung Jae-in. Um, had a remarkable round, shot a 67. Um, but to to go out there and do what he was doing, I mean, not on one leg. I mean, he was always on one leg out there. He's not on one leg. He wouldn't be out there golfing if he was on one leg. But there's you you, you can't just ignore the fact that this man had a serious, and I mean a serious injury in threat of amputation uh, just a little over a year ago. So, Props to the athlete, the man uh, that is Tiger Woods, the competitor. Uh, uh, let's put it that way. 
what a what a fierce fierce competitor he is, and that's like, again, I talk about this all the time with people. When people ask me, oh, who, why, what makes an athlete great? Is it is it you know their their brain? Is it their you know their actual physical athleticism? Is it their upbringing? Is it their uh, luck? You know, do they did things happen to break correctly in their careers? And I always say this: it always comes down to one one factor that is common amongst all the greatest of all times. And that is competitiveness. Their competitiveness is off the charts. And say what you will about people like uh, Wayne Gretzky, I think, I think is, is really kind of, I don't want to say underappreciated. I don't think people understand really the kind of player that he was because it just, he, he was so much better than everybody else. People just kind of poo-poo the fact that he was a, a, a savagely fierce competitor he did it in a different way in a sport that was going through some changes at the time, um, you know. And and there was there was old hockey kind of being blended with new hockey at the time that he was that he was making his run in the NHL. Uh, but he, a fierce competitor, nonetheless. I mean, you talk to people, you talk to Wayne himself. I mean, he still has that drive. And just because he failed as a coach and all these other things is not indicative. Of the kind of competitor that he that he was, it's it's all about competitiveness. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time because he was the most competitive basketball player of all time. His comp- his competitive fire w- was unmatched in his time in probably any other time. Uh, he and Kobe, you know, Kobe was the killer, right? And uh, there were times where Kobe quit right we we I mean we saw him quit we saw him walk off the court against the Phoenix Suns in the playoff game he left his team out there like literally left his team walked off the court walked into the locker room left the team out there to suffer and die um you know I don't remember Jordan ever doing that but again uh you know the competitive fire is is what's is what separates the 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 the, the elite the greatest of all times from the even the greats that are out there Tom Brady is a fierce competitor, and that's why he is the greatest of all time. He he won't let it go. He can't let it go. Look at him. He tried to retire, and he came back because he can't. Like he just he, <laughs> the the and the and the body is still willing too, which is incredible. But it's the will to go out there and compete, which separates the greatest of all time from just the greats. And Tiger Woods, his competitive nature. Uh, I don't. I don't think that you can you can refute the fact that he is the most fiery competitor in the history of golf. I, I. I mean, I'm not a golf historian by any stretch of the imagination. It would to to say that I would be would be an affront to the word historian. Uh, you know. So I don't. I don't know. You know, every little thing about every golfer. You know, was you know was so and so this you know this great competitor Greg Norman or whatever. Um. But you know what I see from Tiger is, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's he's fire and he, he's he's rough with you know with people, with the media, with the fans, and things like that. But he's just all about that business. I mean, that's that's why he's out there. He's out there to golf and kick ass and win titles and win a ton of money. I mean, that's what that's all he's ever known. Uh, and and that's why that's why he's going to go down in history as the greatest golfer of all time. He may not have all the all the great records of all time, but it, it's it's hard to refute the fact that he is the greatest of all time. And what he did yesterday was was inspiring. 
Uh, it really was to anyone who has ever competed on a high level or even at a lower level. I mean, it, it's it's inspiring to children, in my opinion. You know, look at what Tiger's doing. You can, you know, you can have a setback in your life, and you can have multiple setbacks in your life, whether they be emotional setbacks and being in, you know, in trouble with the, uh, you know, with family and peers and media, and, and you can have physical, I mean, major, major physical setbacks and still go out there and do what you love and be great at it. It's just all about your disposition, your demeanor, how you go about your business. And I think that's what is the most important lesson here. So Tiger right now, uh, well ahead of the cut line. The projected cut line is right there at the 2-3 mark, plus 2, plus 3 mark. Uh, and there's some interesting names that are on the on the backside of that that, that are in, in jeopardy of not making the cut uh, after today's round. We'll have to keep a close eye on that. Bryson DeChambeau being one of them uh, didn't have a, a great day yesterday. Shot a 76 four over uh but there it is a uh it was it was a good round of golf yesterday a lot of people excited I, I was i was texting a buddy of mine and i said i can i can almost hear the entire world groaning or ooing and awing <clears throat> every time that tiger is on tv doing something he, you know he gets close there was a there was a putt that he missed on a, on a really super windy green that it looked like he may have had in the bag and it just kind of skated past it and you can hear the entire gallery, oh, and it's almost like you could hear the world do it too because they were all watching at the same time. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was, it was a good day. And again, I, I don't, I don't follow golf. I don't like golf. I don't golf, but I do pay attention to the majors, and that maybe that makes me a jackass. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> but you know, maybe I'm that guy. But uh, but regardless, I uh, I respect the uh, the competitive nature of the game. And uh, Tiger Woods is out there doing it, and he'll do it again today. So we'll get to see what happens with Tiger out there at Augusta National today. Major League Baseball's opening day was kind of fun. There was some some fun things going on yesterday in the uh, on the diamond, and even more interesting stuff and news stories and stuff today going on. Cold weather in the Midwest, uh, Chicago and St. Louis. My God, I have, I have a friend that was at the uh, at the at the St. Louis game yesterday. By the way, Tyler O'Neill, what a what a remarkable talent he is. My God. We'll get into some more of that when we start talking baseball. Um, but uh, it's cold. It was in the 40s in St. Louis. And uh, cold, blustery weather and, uh, you know, things that have caused postponements of games already. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just you know, baseball. It's, you know, it was snowing in Baltimore to open the season last year. And I remember it snowing in Denver uh, several years ago on opening day as well. So these are all uh, things that you know that you have to deal with. But there was some fun stuff. It was National Beer Day. Yesterday was a great day for guys. Right. Pardon me. I'm sorry. I'm still getting over all this. Yesterday was a great day for guys. Not only was it Major League Baseball's opening day, it was the Masters. And I'm not just talking about only guys, okay? But these are the things that guys are like, they geek up about, right? Opening day in Major League Baseball. Opening round of the Masters. And by God, yesterday was National Beer Day. Hashtag National Beer Day. So naturally, a guy with the last name Beer ends the day with a walk-off home run. We'll talk about that coming up after the break. Just sign up on FanDuel using my promo code, Dean. That's going to get you some, uh, some great benefits. And you can turn this baseball season into cash. Big hits into big wins. Turn K's into cash. 
with FanDuel Sportsbook because right now all new customers can step up to the plate with a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on Major League Baseball's opening weekend. Just sign up again using my promo code, Dean. Place your first bet, and FanDuel will refund you $1,000 back in site credit if your bet doesn't win. Now, FanDuel is always offering great promotions every day, including odds boosts. They offer parlay insurance, and they've been handing out some free bets recently, which has been a lot of fun. I took a stab at one yesterday and didn't come through, but that's okay. It was a free bet. It wasn't even my money. Uh, the app is super easy to use, easy to navigate, and their offers are safe and secure transaction. Generous cash-out offers for, you know, cards that you may have that are, that are you know, four legs to a win, and you're not sure about that fifth leg, you can hit that cash-out button and make a profit right then and there without having to worry about the final outcome of the final leg of your bet. And when you do win, they offer lightning-fast payouts. Now, as I mentioned yesterday, I like to play futures, and if I had a risk-free bet up to $1,000, I would play futures. I would put together a division winner's parlay or just throw on a World Series champion and just ride one team throughout the season. But the beautiful thing is that you can customize your bet your way. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Sign up using my promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, to get started with your risk-free first bet up to $1,000. 21 and over and present in Arizona. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full term to sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Major League Baseball's opening day ends with a bang. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. There were fireworks at Chase Field last night. That was fun. It was was the late game. It was the final entry of Major League Baseball's opening day. After it was, it, it wasn't a, a, a big day in Major League Baseball. This is you know kind of something that we expected a little bit after the strike shortened season, and you know they had essentially 16 days in the spring to get ready when they normally have about 38 uh, days to get ready in the spring. So it, it's 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 understandable that maybe things weren't you know quite as uh, uh, quite as well oiled as we uh, would expect to see or would like to see on an opening day. And last night. You, look, you Darvish was spectacular last night for the San Diego Padres. Was through a no hitter through six innings, and then was replaced in the game because he had a ninety two pitch count on him. Uh, every major leaguer, every major league club has put pitch counts on their starting pitchers to start this season because of the aforementioned strike shortened season in the in the off season there, or a lockout shortened. I should say strike wasn't a player strike; it was a owner's lockout. Um. And and so it was it was somewhat lackluster, but you Darvish yesterday no hitter through six. I wish you'd have thrown one more strikeout; that would have helped. But nonetheless, he was rolling. And then the San Diego Padres bullpen came in and just yeah, and not like it wasn't like gasoline on the fire or anything. It wasn't that bad until the ninth inning. Uh, but you know, it was two nothing Padres going into uh, going to the ninth, and then the Padres bullpen just imploded. They walk the bases loaded and then throws through a wild pitch, scoring a run. Now it's 2-1 with two on, 
And Seth Beer, yes, that's really his name, Beer. Seth Beer, a young man who is making only his 13th plate appearance in Major League Baseball in his career. 13th plate appearance in his young career on National Beer Day. What was it, a 1-1 pitch, I think, on a 1-1 count? He gets thrown a curveball that just goes right into his wheelhouse, and he crushes one over the right field wall for a walk-off three-run dinger, and the Diamondbacks win 4-2 to two and are above 500, maybe for the first and only time this season. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, at 1-0, are over 500. And on National Beer Day, the fans in attendance there were chanting his name, Beer, Beer, Beer. And maybe it's because they were wanting a beer that they couldn't be sold after the seventh inning, but nonetheless... Seth Beer trotted around the bases and uh, with his second major league home run and uh, in walk-off fashion to finish off Major League Baseball's opening day. Uh, that, was, that was fun. Like, that was the, the perfect way. I can't think of a better way to end a day like yesterday. As I mentioned, I'm not trying to, like, exclude the ladies, okay? That's not what I'm trying to do here. I know I have a lot of female listeners, and I greatly appreciate you, and trust me, <laughs> Y'all are some of the most fiery sports fans that I've ever met in my life, and I love it. Uh, yesterday is a, gay, a day that guys geek out about because of MLB opening day, Masters Day, and National Beer Day. Look, we're 12-year-olds. We're, I mean, we're children, really. And these are the things that, that make us happy, beer, golf, and baseball. And, you know, we're, we're content. You know, we don't, we don't need anything else much more than that. So uh, yesterday was, uh, was a fun day and capped it off with the big walk-off homer by Seth Beer on National Beer Day. Doesn't get any better than that. Nine games on the docket today for Major League Baseball's Day 2 of opening day. One of the other stories yesterday that I thought was yeah, – I didn't talk about it yesterday because I didn't, I didn't know the lineup for the, uh, for the Los Angeles Angels. But Shohei Otani not only threw the first pitch of the Angels' 2022 season – struck out uh, nine yesterday, by the way, looked pretty good. But he also took the first pitch at the plate for the Los Angeles Angels. And, and I think – I thought it was a really cool thing of the Angels to do to put him in the leadoff spot of the game because nobody has ever done that before. In the history of this game, you know, since documents were kept about player statistics and box scores and lineup cards and things like that since about 1884, uh, nobody in the history of the game – has ever thrown the first pitch for his team on opening day and received the first pitch at the plate on opening day. Like, nobody's ever done that before, which I thought was absolutely incredible yesterday. It just shows you what, you know, what kind of talent we're dealing with here in, with, with Shohei. I mean, he, he is a remarkable talent. Uh, and even though he went hitless at the plate, he still looked good out there on the mound, and that's, uh, you know, a big chunk of, of what he's out there. What is that? Why is I rookie day for me i didn't turn the sound off on my computer <laughs> uh so just sorry it scared me there for a second I was like what is going on um so Shohei otani does something that's never been done before in major league baseball i always love that kind of stuff especially in a, in a game a sport as old as major league baseball uh i thought one of the great things yesterday joey Votto was mic'd up for the cincinnati reds and he was talking about golf, talking about the Masters. And then he started to do some play-by-play work while he was standing there at first base, holding a runner on at first base, mic'd up for the game. And, and uh, you know, he's like, yeah, it's, you know, I've worked with golf instructors and stuff, and today the Masters was exciting and stuff. And he goes, and that's a strike by uh, a strikeout by our pitcher. And 
Uh, that's fun. I like Joey Votto a lot. I, I root for that guy. He is a uh, he is a fun dude. Another guy that I root for that had a really really bad day yesterday, not by his any of his own fault. Uh, Pete Alonso. So a little background here. I have a friend, a really close friend, who played in the majors for quite some time, and has made a lot of good friends around the league. And part of that is because he has he and his wife have a son that has had I think now eleven open heart surgeries. And he's an inspiration. I mean, he is a he is a beacon of hope for anyone who has children with uh, with you know with with issues with health issues and things like that. Anyway, um, so my buddy and and uh, he he went to uh, with the Mets and stuff, and they kind of made the tour with their son and talking to Major League Baseball players and you know options for you know for you as far as health you know with with children and babies and things like that. I mean, it's, it's good for you know for the young players to kind of see this stuff. Well, Pete Alonso really. I, I guess kind of took to the story and has been a like has opened up charities and things like that in in this young man's name and done all kinds of wonderful things and and I also know a player who plays on the Mets who knows Pete pretty well and says he's just the greatest guy ever like he's just he's just the best dude you'd ever want to you'd ever want to talk to and also a really really good baseball player by the way Yesterday, he got hit in the face with a fastball, and it was scary as hell. Like, he's at the plate, he takes fastball, and he's wearing, he's wearing the jaw guard. Thank God he was wearing the jaw guard because this thing could have gotten a lot worse. And also he kind of flinched a little bit, and his left shoulder, I think, deflected the fastball just enough to keep it from breaking his face open. But he, nonetheless, he got hit in the face. He's bleeding out the mouth when he got taken out of the game yesterday. And the sound that that thing made when it struck his face was, uh, listen, there's a lot of things that I won't do in this world. Like, I'm not a huge fan of jumping out of perfectly good, still flying airplanes. Okay? I don't have any desire to do that. I don't have a, a desire to attach rubber bands to my ankles and jump off of a bridge. Like no, thank you. Like I'm, I'm okay. I, I'll, I'll be fine with my life if I never have to do either of those two things. I'll tell you another thing that I wouldn't do. I would not stand in a Major League Baseball batter's box. I have, I have stood in a batter's box against some some pretty good pitchers who were taking it easy on me, and I still wanted to bail out. Like I was like, no thanks. <laughs> uh, that it just shows you right there. I, I, I do not want a 95-mile-an-hour baseball hitting me in the face. That stuff hurts. And Pete Alonso took one in the face yesterday, man, and you, you hate to see that kind of stuff. And I, I, saw, I watched the replay several times, and the catcher for the Washington Nationals, he's, you can tell, you know, because, look, these are, these are athletes, finely tuned athletes. They're quick twitch, and, and they, they're very reactive to their surroundings. And instead of catching the ball, he's looking at Alonso like, this is going to be bad. Like you can just kind of tell it was it was a, a bad scene there, but uh, I think from all indications is that Pete's going to be fine. He got enough deflection off his shoulder, and he was wearing the jaw guard on his uh, batting helmet. I think everybody should wear them. I know it looks stupid, but um, <laughs> it's better to be uh, alive than uh, than to uh, you know take a sacrifice. Better to sacrifice your looks and be alive, or at least be able to chew your food for the rest of your life. Than uh, than the alternative. So, uh, just ask Don Slot, right? I mean, that's a tragic story, with what happened with Don Slot. What was it like thirty, forty years ago now? I guess. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so scary, scary situation there. But uh, glad to see he's doing okay, and uh, hopefully we get uh, some some good news coming out of the New York Mets organization regarding Pete Alonso real soon. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll talk some local stuff. We'll get into some Arizona baseball because the Cats are in action this weekend. Also. Your football team is going to be in action tomorrow. We'll talk about that and an extension for the athletic director. All that and more. Stay tuned here to the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, and we are talking local right now uh, as Arizona baseball is in action this weekend at the Juice Box. They're going to be taking on Washington State. <laughs> the last place, Washington State Cougars. The Wazoo Cougars come to town. They are 10-18 and 18 on the season. 2-10 and 10 in conference are the Cougars. But I always have, <laughs> I always have a bad taste in my mouth about Washington State baseball. So I was asked to fill in for the PA announcer. Jimmy does a great job at uh, at High C, and uh, they, the fans love Jimmy there. He does a phenomenal job as the PA announcer for baseball. And I was filling in for him. I think he had to do, like, gymnastics or something like that instead. So they were like, hey, can you come and fill in? Uh, we need a couple of days of PA for baseball. I was like, yeah, I would love to do that, man. I, I love baseball. I love baseball. I love being at High Corbett. Uh, and it's just great. And I, I just, you know, again, it's, it's what I do. So we're playing Washington State that weekend. And my first game on the on the PA, Mike, Arizona loses. I think they lost like eight to three or something like that. I mean, it just kind of you know didn't really play that well. And after the game, I realized that that was the first time that Washington State had beaten Arizona in Tucson in like eighteen years or something like that. And I'm like, they're going to fire me right now. Like, I, like they're going to walk up here and fire me and never ask me to come back ever again. So I've always I always felt bad about that. I'm like, please, let's just beat Washington State, but keep me away from there. So I will not be attending any of the games because I feel like I'm a jinx. But that doesn't mean you can't because tonight at 6 o'clock at the Juice Box, they're going to be taking on Wazoo tomorrow at 6 o'clock uh, again with the first 500 fans receiving a free camo hat. Uh, the, uh, the, the team's going to be wearing camo hats in honor of Military Appreciation uh, Weekend and then Sunday at 2 o'clock. And your Wildcats right now, Baseball America's number 10-ranked team in the country and the top-ranked team in the Pac-12. Number one in the Pac-12, 21-8 on the season, 9-3 and three in conference, ranked ahead of Stanford, who's 14th, UCLA, who's 18th, and Oregon sneaking in there in the top 25, uh, currently the 23rd-ranked team in the country. Now, there was a lot of um, – there, there, there were arguments being had on Twitter earlier this week because – Arizona lost that midweek game, the non-conference game, up here in Tempe to Arizona State. Uh, it was a 10-6, I think, was the final in that game. But Arizona gave up seven unearned runs in that game, which is a huge problem. Arizona leads, once again, the Pac-12 in errors. Fielding percentage is terrible. Uh, and and that's kind of been this team's M.O. for the last four years, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of been the thing. Like They just they don't have a great defense. And Chip Hale who is one of the great defensive players at his position during his time, is definitely going to be working on that. I'm sure it, it is completely gnawing at him uh, that this team is so bad in the field. Now, part of the reason is 
because of player placement. They've had some injuries. They've had to put, you know, put guys in positions that they're not accustomed to playing, and that has led to some of the problems. So we're going to just put it at, you know, at, 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 put it there for right now. This team will improve defensively. I guarantee it under Chip Hill that they'll get better defensively. Now, there were some issues earlier this week, as I mentioned on Twitter. Fans were not pleased with Arizona for dropping the game to Arizona State. And it, it, it had me thinking, like, okay, can, can, we just, can we just appreciate the good things that are happening right now for Arizona baseball? They're number one in the standings in the Pac-12. They have, I think they have, I think it's a two-game lead over, over, uh, um, over UCLA or over Stanford, one of the two. I can't remember which, which team is second right now. Uh, in in the uh, in the in the uh, in the conference, maybe it's Oregon State. Any regardless, I mean, they're in first place, and they they have a, a, a they're in full control of this of this conference right now. They lost a midweek game on the road in a game that doesn't even matter towards conference records. Yes, I know losing to ASU sucks, and you have to deal with your buddies at work. And you have to deal with the trolls on Twitter and social media saying, ah, we got you. Uh, respond by telling them, we'll see you in a few weeks in our house when the games actually matter. I had some yokel last night. I, I'm not kidding. Some guy wearing an ASU hat last night. Okay, And he, look, people here know. Like, they, they, they know who I am. And I'm not saying that I'm, like, famous or anything. I'm just saying that, like, when, when people go to my shows at night, they know what they're getting themselves into. They know that the host of that show also happens to be a U of A guy. They they understand this, okay? Um, so he shows up wearing an ASU hat and stuff. He's like, huh, how would you feel about that loss to Houston? <laughs> I look at him and I go, well, I go, the 31 banners in our gym uh, kind of make me feel a little bit better about the state of our basketball program. How's yours? Who just had a transfer. Again, your best player transferred away to go play for somebody else, Jalen Graham. Just transferred from ASU to go play for Arkansas. How, how many scholarships is, is Musselman going to hand out over there, by the way? They just signed like five guys to their freshman class and two transfers. Anyway, I digress. So I get it. All right. I understand that ASU fans can be completely intolerable because, look, their life sucks right now. Their football program is in complete disarray. They have a basketball program that the fans would love to get behind, but that the school, for some reason, just completely loathes. Like, they just, that school does not embrace basketball at all. They haven't for a long time, and I don't see it changing anytime soon. They feel like they're just a football school. And I, honestly, I don't even know when was the last time they went to a January 1st bowl game. I, I can't remember the last time that program went to a New Year's a New Year's Bowl. So, great football school you have there. Baseball has been a problem ever since Pat Murphy was handing out checks to players from the desk of his assistant. All right? Look, it, it, it sucks to be an ASU sports fan. It really does, especially right now, because they're terrible at a lot of things. So, any little victory, they are going to try to dance on your grave. Trust me. I get it. I know. I understand. But this is not the end of the world, kids. It, a loss, yes, it sucks, especially the way you lost because there was just errors left and right that lead to home runs, and the you know the team looked like crap, and, and, it, and they didn't play well out in the field. And let's just pump the brakes here a little bit. We get them in our house when, it, when that's coming up real soon, right? Like in like at the end of the month, 
April twenty, like April twenty fourth, twenty fifth, something like that. They have a three game series in Tucson at the jukebox, juice box when the games actually matter towards your record. That was just those games are just they're just in state money games for the regions. Like that's that's all it's for. Uh, and again, nobody likes to lose. I get it. But remember, folks, we were just celebrating. We had just got done celebrating Arizona's first sweep in Seattle in program history. Went up to Seattle, beat the Huskies in all three games up there, and looked really damn good doing it. By the way, come home and they're they're you know they're they're four and zero on the road trip that they're on. They play a game in Tempe. They're tired. They've been on the road. They don't defend well. They get a couple of dingers, but they're not able to stay stay on top of the scoreboard, and they lose the game. They go four and one. Trust me, those players didn't like losing that game either. But it's not the end of the world. God, poor Michael Lev. I feel bad for him. He was trying to do like, hey guys, I, I, they went four and one. Is that is that so? And people are just pounding on him. I'm like, okay, man, that's, <laughs> I feel bad for you, Mike. He was trying his darndest, but I'll tell you right now, it, it, the 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 problem is not that loss right there. The problem will be if something bad goes wrong in the three-game series at high C coming up a little bit later on in the season. But let's let's not let's not pound on the team for one loss here, okay? There's a long season. They're currently in first place, okay? They're the number 10 ranked team in the country. <laughs> you wouldn't have known that by the fans on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. Holy smokes. There was a lot of vitriol out there. How's LSU doing, by the way? Anybody check on them? Oh, yeah, they're not ranked. Yeah, uh, they're not ranked. I think they're uh, fourth in their division in the SEC right now. Speaking of that, Tennessee, what the hell? They have one loss this year. I, I, I know that it happens from time to time. You'll see a baseball team just really kind of just rip off a ton of wins. and, and But, man, like they're killing people. Like They're beating teams like 10 nothing and stuff. Like, eh. <laughs> they got sneaky good overnight. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll start talking about uh, some Arizona football, some of the things that happened in the final practice session of the spring season yesterday uh, in Tucson there on campus. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, I don't want to get into football here because the uh, short segment. So we'll talk about other news coming out of Arizona yesterday as athletic director Dave Hickey was approved unanimously by the Arizona Board of Regents to give him an increase in annual compensation and extend his contract. He will now be the athletic director through the 2025 uh, academic season. And I am uh, – look, Dave was handed a um, – a, a rough hand, uh, he really was, and he has made a. a, a I'm not going to call it a, a royal flush out of out of the hand that he was dealt, but he's knocking on the door of a full house. I mean, you look at what Arizona's doing right now, and all these programs that we have so much pride in because of how things have progressed over the last two three years. Just just in the last two three years, you look at what these programs are doing. And uh, look, it, it, this is this is an athletic department that is headed in the right direction. Now they just need some more revenue. You know, Arizona has been <clears throat> has been bleeding some money for quite some time. Uh, the budgets have been completely out of whack, and it's been an issue. And now, you know, Arizona is going to be committed, as Dave Hickey said yesterday, 
to essentially $3 million of their budget in paying student-athletes the compensation that is now being expected uh, by universities to pay them, which is about $6,000. Some schools are making it like an academic achievement type of thing, like, okay, you got to keep a 3.0 grade average or, or, you know, whatever it be um, to get your your stipend. Whereas, you know, Dave Hickey says, and and I, I think, this is the right way to do it, and honestly, I don't know the individual statements or the individual plans of all these other universities that have been doing it. I know what the SEC has been doing and such, but um, I, don't, I don't think it's as simple as just like, here's your 3-5 you know, grade average is your benchmark, you get your $6,000. I don't think it's that, that simple at the other schools, but certainly Dave Hickey did a good job of explaining Arizona's plan yesterday. He said it's going to be centered more around progressing, things such as you're meeting benchmarks for the NCAA, such as your APR points. You're making progress towards your degree. You've uh, remained eligible, and according to NCAA standards, you're in good standing. You're not in violation of NCAA rules or team rules. He said all those kinds of things. He said it gets kind of hard to say, hey, you've got to be a 3-0 or a 4-0 student to get this. So I, look, I appreciate the, the way that Arizona's moving forward with this. This is going to be about 500 student-athletes on campus receiving these. It's near $6,000, $5,980 stipend payment um, because of the the federal ruling that happened, uh, I guess it was now two years ago, um, for which prompted the NCAA to start changing the rules regarding athletic performance and payments and things like that. So good news for Arizona as uh, Dave Heakey gets extended. And he does have a buyout clause all the way through to the final season of his contract. And if he wants to get out uh, in the final year of his contract, there is no buyout there. But I I think Dave's going to stick around for a little while. I I think things are going well here for him. He's got a really successful basketball program. The football program is looking up. Baseball's best team in the conference. So a lot of things looking good for Arizona sports right now. And uh, a well-deserved, a well-earned extension and raise for Dave Eakey. All right, coming up in hour number two, we'll talk Arizona football, final spring practice of the season, talk some NBA, and, of course, some NFL, all next in hour number two. Quick two-minute turnaround. Stay right here to 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.